The opioid epidemic is a reality here in Johnson County. On this episode, we'll discuss disturbing trends related to overdoses. We'll also talk about resources available now and potentially in the future to address this substance use. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. Opioid addiction is a serious issue that can have devastating consequences. Johnson County government is addressing some of these impacts and helping residents overcome this form of substance use. Here to talk more about that, we have with us Deputy County Manager Maury Thompson, Johnson County Chief Medical Examiner, Dr. Diane Peterson, and from Johnson County Mental Health Center, we have Deb Stidham. She is the Division Director of Clinical Services. Thank you all for being here. What are opioids? So it feels like it's a substance we hear a lot about, but a lot of people may not be familiar with what exactly it is. And so Deb, do you want to start us off with that? I'd be happy to. Thank you for inviting me. So opioids are, are a class of drugs that, are, like you said, everyone's heard about that act on opioid receptors on the brain. And signals send these receptors uh, to block pain. And if it blocks enough pain, you can actually feel euphoric. So that's pretty much, I think, why people tend to abuse sometimes these, these drugs. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to understand how many different types of opiates there are. And they come in powder form, tar, pill, liquid. And just with the potency and how long acting they are, there's just a strong potential for addiction. And of course, these are these medications are regulated. Um, but what we're seeing that's coming into the county and of course across the country is these uh, man-made uh, synthetic drugs, say opiates with the fentanyl. Um, and that fentanyl is a class of uh, opiates all by itself that's extremely powerful and very, very addictive. So between the, the, the fact that the opiates are already such a powerful drug, and then you add fentanyl, um, it's really just uh, not a great combination. Plus, we're seeing this synthetic fentanyl being uh, intertwined with other drugs. Um, it, it can be in anything uh, that these uh, kids and adults are taking, and sometimes they don't know. So I think that's contributing to the overdose problem as well. So does it typically start out as, um, you know, you have like say a car crash and then you're prescribed something for a legitimate purpose and then it becomes addictive or, or how, how does somebody, um, how does this evolve, I guess? Well, I think there's many routes to what we call addiction. Um, and I think in the, the first wave of the opioid problem, that is kind of what you saw. There was uh, the Oxycontin, it was just way overprescribed. Um, physicians were encouraged by the companies and now you're seeing the settlements, right? Um, because of that over uh, prescribing and really downplaying of the addictive nature of those drugs. So I think that the, one of the waves was certainly that in the very beginning, as education started of the physicians and the real dangers of those drugs became known, then that trend started to go down. But then unfortunately, what you saw was an increased use of heroin. And so then you're going to the street, right? Probably to get that. And then really um, as that started to dissipate or the demand, you know, the supply didn't meet the demand, then you see where the fentanyl and, and the synthetic opiates, you know, the man-made came into play 
um, to create that third wave. And unfortunately, it's probably one of the most you know, deadly and destructive waves we've had to date. Um, so it's just a, a real concern um, you know, that I think people need to be aware of. All right. And speaking of that, that deadly trend, Dr. Peterson, do you want to talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing from the medical examiner's office in terms of overdoses? Yes. Yeah, so in Johnson County in 2021, our number of overdose deaths or deaths due to intoxication from an opiate certainly increased. And I do have some uh, graphs to share um, to highlight this situation. And um, so this first one is just showing you just the large increase in the number of times an opiate was involved in a death. And this is the, the times when an opiate, so not an individual. So as you can see, it's, it's really increasing. Um, and even the number of individuals that are dying of opiate related deaths is increasing dramatically as well. Um, most of the people who pass due to an opiate related death are have more than one opiate in their system. It's not just fentanyl. It's not just oxycodone. They're combining it with other drugs. Um, some of those other drugs are opiates. Some of those other drugs are uh, benzodiazepines like alprazolam or Xanax. Um, and then, as you can see, she was discussing the increase in fentanyl-related deaths, and definitely that is what we noticed most in 2021, is just this very sharp increase in fentanyl-related deaths and the emergence of acetylfentanyl, which is, again, one of those man-made designer fentanyl drugs that has zero prescription use. It is entirely illicit. And um, we hadn't been seeing that in this area until late 2020. And then it continued in 2021. I will say most of these fentanyl deaths and acetylfentanyl, the history that we get is somebody that thought that they were buying oxycodone on the street. And in reality, it was fentanyl or acetylfentanyl. And when they pass, uh, which some of them pass very quickly. We had an individual who passed within an hour of um, obtaining the medication off the street. There is none of what they thought they were buying in their system. So they thought they were buying oxycodone. There is no oxycodone in that pill. It is fentanyl and fentanyl does not take very much to kill you and acetylfentanyl takes even less. The population that this is primarily affecting uh, depends varies depending upon the drug that's involved. As you can see, um, the fentanyl and heroin deaths are typically younger, um, and the, the asterisk indicates that there are statistically significant age differences com when compared to fentanyl. So our oxycodone deaths, our hydrocodone deaths, and our methadone deaths, um, those kind of classic opiate deaths, they're typically older individuals. These are not necessarily kids. Um, 
Um, but when you talk about the illicits, the fentanyl, the heroin, all of that, they are younger individuals, but they're still in their 30s. Um, most of these are men. The grand majority are men and the grand majority are white men um, with mirroring the population, but some of them going above the uh, population expectations with regard to race. And so if somebody um, has taken one of these substances, you know, what signs or symptoms are you looking for that you need to get help right away? So an opiate death is typically preceded by somebody who is um, very tired, very lethargic. Um, they might fall asleep. Um, basically, what's going on in our bodies uh, is we have a decreased drive to breathe and decreased functioning of our brain. And that drive to breathe is caused re respiratory depression. And basically what we do is we slowly go to sleep and we slowly stop breathing as many times a minute as we should and as deeply as we should. So a lot of the history that I get of a person that took a drug and then was found dead in that interim, they are heard to be snoring. And so if I have a history of somebody who was snoring then dead, I'm immediately thinking of an opiate. So if you have a loved one that might be taking drugs and they are asleep and have been asleep for a long time and you hear snoring, um, be very concerned. Um, that is a very common history. And that snoring is that respiratory depression. It's more of a agonal respiration, which is basically the breathing immediately preceding death. And it sounds like snoring, but it's not snoring. And it is very concerning. Okay. And I'm trying to remember with my time with the Kansas Department of Health and Environment, when we were addressing this issue, it seems like um, paramedics may be armed with um, some substance or something to help help people in those immediate situations. Is that right? Yes, paramedics and law enforcement in the county do carry what's called Narcan or Naloxone, which is kind of an antidote to opiate deaths. Um, there is there are um, suggestions and and uh, around the country where if you are an opiate user, if you're a heroin user or whatnot, you or your loved ones around you should have Narcan so that it can be administered. The quicker it's administered, the more effective it is. The thing about the acetylfentanyl and the fentanyl is sometimes it takes more than one administration to have an effect. And so if you or your loved one has Narcan and can give that to you while they're calling 911 and then uh, law enforcement or paramedics can issue some more, you have a higher chance of survival than if no Narcan is administered at all. Well, that's very good to know. And we certainly hope nobody gets to the point where they need that. And so now we kind of want to pivot and talk about the resources that are available to help people who um, may be new to the this addiction or, you know, it may be going on for many years, but they they need help stopping. So, Deb, can you talk about what resources are available through Johnson County Mental Health Center? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so here at Johnson County Mental Health, of course, we provide mental health and co-occurring substance use disorder treatment for kids and adults. Um, so if you think you are suffering from you know, those particular 
issues, feel free to come to our open access walk-in and, and be assessed by someone. Um, of course, we do also have the adult detox unit, um, which admits folks 24 hours a day, seven days a week who are in acute withdrawal. Um, and that can be from any substance. Um, it is non-medical. And so, um, you know, we would work with you if you're coming in an opiate withdrawal, we would work with um, a local um, methadone clinic here uh, to see about getting you the resources that you need around that medication. We do have um, medications available also in our outpatient, primarily on uh, it's, uh, the naltrexone and the um, injectable naltrexone Vivitrol um, is, is really pretty much the only medication that we offer here, which is good for alcohol use disorders, by the way, as well as opioid use disorders. Oh, and I should say we have Adolescent Center for Treatment as well uh, for uh, youth 12 to 18 who are suffering from a uh, substance use disorder. Okay, and of course, this is a, a, an issue that can affect not just the person who's taking the substance, but also their loved ones can have pretty devastating impacts for them as well. Can you talk about resources available to help them as well? So you're totally right. I mean, this, this is definitely a family and community illness, and um, we do offer family therapy uh, as well as part of that individualized um, treatment. And of course, there are great resources here in Johnson County. Um, you know, the, the Church of the Resurrection has lots and lots of recovery resources for people suffering as well as their loved ones. I would highly recommend Al-Anon as another resource for families. And then, you know, there are quite a few, um, we're fortunate here in Johnson County, we have quite a few treatment centers that will offer, you know, family therapy, individual family therapy for couples and, and families who need that. We're also looking at maybe some future resources that may be available here in Johnson County through the opioid settlement. So Maury, can you talk a little bit about what that settlement is and how Johnson County is involved? And then also, you know, what potential we have there? A absolutely. So I, I would go back to some of the uh, graphs that Dr. Peterson showed as a starting point for that part of the conversation. Um, a number of years ago, we began monitoring this issue, and even though we weren't seeing um, terribly high numbers in Johnson County, monitoring what was going on across the country, um, we're concerned that it was probably a matter of time, and now the, the statistics are beginning to, to bear that out. So we began conversations with the Board of County Commissioners about the possibilities of holding those accountable uh, for this action and the increased cost that we as local county government were beginning to see and likely would be seeing into the future. So the, the board agreed to enter into a litigation, again, in an attempt to hold those responsible for this growing crisis in the country accountable and to provide those resources. So we did that. Um, at about that time or shortly thereafter, this became a very um, uh, topical issue around the country and many state's attorney generals entered into conversations trying to bring together those claims from municipalities, counties such as Johnson County. So that, that eventually occurred here in Kansas with the passage of the Kansas Fights Addiction Act and bringing that together. So those settlements, if you've been following the uh, local headlines, are starting to come to fruition. So resources are starting to flow. I anticipate we'll begin to see some of those here in Johnson County, likely by springtime. So when you talk about resources, there are really two different pools. There will be some direct reimbursement to counties um, who were engaged in litigation uh, to, to address their costs. 
but there will also be under the state litigation, the Kansas Fights Addiction Act, a statewide grant program established that Johnson County will have full access to make application uh, to, for those resources as well. So I'm confident we'll be working with Deb and with Dr. Peterson and others. MedAct comes to mind as one uh, law enforcement obviously impacted by growing cost due to the opioid crisis. So making application for those funds as well. Okay, and any timeline that we, we know about yet? I know that things are happening fairly quickly now or getting some momentum behind that, but um, how quickly could we see some of those dollars flowing in here? So again, I'm anticipating some of the direct funds to Johnson County we should see by probably June at the latest, some of those dollars. The grant program, we're still waiting for some of the specifics about structure and how to make applications. So probably a little later in the year before we have access to those funds. All right, sounds good. And anything else you would add about the settlement that people might want to know about in terms of resources that that might be invested in? Well, I would say uh, stay tuned if you're interested in following that. There are still settlements pending and work to be done. So I anticipate uh, more resources becoming available in the in the short term. All right, that sounds good. And as we uh, wrap up our conversation about this, Deb, we want to make sure that everybody knows where to go to to access the resources that are available through the Johnson County Mental Health Center to get help. So can you talk about that? So we have um, two main locations, uh, 1125 West Spruce in Olathe, Kansas, or 6440 North Neiman in Shawnee, Kansas. You can just, like I said, do a walk-in basically from eight to five and someone will assist you and, and determine what your needs may be. Even if it's not here, then we'll be sure to connect you to those resources. All right, great information. Well, thank you all for being here today. We appreciate the conversation and hopefully it helps some of our listeners um, if, if they're directly impacted or indirectly impacted by this issue. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.